You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know? The driveway basketball hoop, including the base, weighs around 400 pounds. Something you probably do know? There's a windstorm coming. Something you probably don't know? A basketball hoop tipping over can poke a hole in a car roof like a can opener. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and you can call New York the city that never sweeps because the Yankees are now 6-14 and 14 in the final game of the series this year, and they were one inning away from sweeping the Minnesota Twins on the road, getting us to the off day and giving us the greatest possible vibes. The end of the series storyline was Garrett Cole punking Josh Donaldson, who called him out before the series for no reason. The end of series storyline was Stanton waking up and Glaber Torres destroying the baseball and DJ LeMahieu getting his first clutch hit in a long time for an insurance run on Thursday night. Instead, Aroldis Chapman may be the worst blown save you'll ever see. Four runs, two home runs, nine pitches I'm not exaggerating a Yankee has never done that so really honestly you may never again see a worse blown save you might see a more heartbreaking blown save but in terms of quality of appearance and what happened that will maybe never be replicated again it was horrible uh so the Yanks take two or three from the twins on the road and that's great we are going to talk about Cole and Donaldson Cole showed everybody he still got his stuff pretty cool uh, doesn't need a spider tack or whatever. He falsely pretended to kind of sort of deny that he'd ever used Cole's still good. Yankees take two and three. It's hard to absolutely cry and whine about that. But when you got a team that just can't close a series sweep ever, they really took this one to the extreme and got right up to the limit and didn't get the job done. And of course, J Hap started the third game. Just of course, Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. Fine. Everything is fine. It's, it's Okay. It's better than getting swept by the Red Sox. But God damn it, just give us a weekend of joy. 
it would have been nice if we could have recovered all those losses that we had over the weekend. Uh, I, I, is that the worst blown save of all time? Like, I'm not even trying to just like, I'm not trying yeah, to put salt on I, the I'm wound, but saying, like nine yes. pitches, <laughs> single homer, single homer, uh, like that. It's got to be the worst. And it was just unfortunate because his velocity was clearly down. Uh, Donaldson's homer came on a 95 mile an hour fastball. Congrats, dude. Like you're, sh- you probably should hit that. And then Nelson Cruz, like, of course he's going to get around on a 98 mile an hour fastball. If that's what he's, if that's what he's waiting on. So not the craziest thing. You gotta love Twitter though. Fucking Red Sox fans. Be- ben Verlander, dude, like fucking guy. What does he even do? Is that just, is he related to Justin Verlander? Yeah. He's Verlander's brother and he works for Fox sports. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. His tweet was, oh, I thought only players who wore buzzers could hit home runs off Chapman. Can anybody update me on that? It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, it's like hilarious, man. Also, nobody uh, nobody said that. Like, if you have you yeah. heard a Yankee fan? We hate Chapman in big games. Nobody. Yeah. Michael Brasso homered off him. Like, yeah. it's, well, we, it's also, just because Altuve cheated, which he did, doesn't yeah. mean that Chapman can't give up home runs to other people. You can hit yeah. home runs off him, but Altuve yeah. did cheat. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, and also like Chapman didn't give up a run in his first 18 appearances of the season. He's still the best closer in the league. Probably that blemish last night four earned runs without recording an out still has his ERA at one point nine six. Like, yeah, I think we're fucking fine, dude. He's blown two saves and he has like four wins. So, OK, that n- Ben nice- Verlander, yeah. that Ben Verlander tweet is like the, my favorite tweet of all time. Every day people get on Twitter and start arguments with people who don't exist. Yeah. Like I thought Steph, Cur- but people told me Steph Curry wasn't a good shooter with the thinking face emoji. <laughs> like that is sports Twitter. It's people sarcastically starting arguments with fake people just to prove that they were correct. It's like, OK, yeah. great. Yeah. Our oldest chairman. Yeah. I guess he gave up a home run. You win. Yeah, like Carabas making jokes. Oh, just give her all this Chapman reliever of the year. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, up till yes, give, except give for it, yesterday, for sure. Give it to him. He, might, he probably should get it. Yeah, uh, fucking hilarious, man. Uh, I mean, you want Matt Barnes? You want Matt Barnes to win reliever of the year? He yeah. gave up a two out, nobody on, Trout single, Otani Homer blown save. That's pretty yeah. bad. I guess pretty take bad. reliever of the year away from him. I mean, everybody is not good at some point. Chapman's got a couple of blemishes on his resume. Like, I don't even care about that. It's like, it's just the, the frustrating part about the Yankees is like, they kind of have this lined up, this win lined up. They get five runs, which should be enough. Michael King, okay, not great. I think that's kind of the narrative around him this season. Fine. Yeah, just totally fine. It's the twins. Yeah, do what you got to do. Finishing the fourth would have been nice. Can't have, can't have it all. Of course, cannot. Uh, got to go to the bullpen. Um, and, uh, you know, the Yankees finishing have... the fourth would have been nice. Just yeah, let's I just know. pause there. Yeah, it would have been nice if the starter <laughs> could get through the fourth. I, I agree. It just would have been nice against a really bad team who's completely underachieving and is all but officially dead. The twins, the twins are going to be selling at the deadline. They are arguably the most disappointing team in the league. Um, eh, it's just disappointing because the Yankees are six and 14 in the final game of a series this season. They've just been unable to finish off the sweep. And guess what? There's a stat for everything. Everybody guess who is the only team with a worse record than that? The pirates five and 15. So this is what the Yankees are. This is kind of the narrative around the Yankee season. Once again, we're doing another podcast where they win the first two games of the season, uh, first two games of the series. And we're, we're we have to talk about the shitty loss because the loss was shitty. Once again, guys, 
Same problems. Eight left on base, two for nine with runners in scoring position. Clint Frazier, I know he hit the ball well, but 0 for 3 again and comes out of the game early because he's just simply not trusted. Uh, and they don't want to keep Judge in center field for that long, probably. So um, uh, plenty, plenty of, uh, I know Stanton homered again. That was, he, he's starting to heat up, but then three strikeouts. A uh, lot of, lot of good stuff here in the beginning. And then once again, the Yankees do what they do. They don't really, they don't nail the coffin shut. They don't step on the neck. They kind of leave the game within reach. I understand a two-run lead with Chapman on the mound should be enough. It was not, unfortunately. So uh, it'd be nice if the offense can do what they did. Hey, the first first two games of the series, we talked about what they have, 29 total hits, 17 total runs. Like, it'd be nice if if they were able to, to kind of score after the sixth inning and not make this as much of a worry, but... They allow 12 hits to the Twins. Yankees have 12 hits again, though, so we have to look at the positivity there. That's 41 hits in their last three games. I'll at least take that. That's a good silver lining. I'm not going to even totally blame the Yankees' offense yesterday, to be perfectly honest. Missed opportunities for sure, but that was one of those games when you watch it from the beginning, it's like four goddamn hours long, and you know something's going to get weird. You just have a suspicion because of how many runs were left on the board. It wasn't necessarily the Yankees choking. Uh, It was a combination of things. It was wonky plays. It was the twins making spectacular defensive plays. It was great shifts. I'm trying to count the runs left on the board from memory. The first inning, J-Hap sits on home plate. Blocks Gio Urshela <laughs> on a wild pitch pass ball. Uh, I guess the correct call was made. He was out, uh, but I don't know how J-Hap. Catchers can't block the play, but J-Hap is allowed to pretend like he doesn't know what he's doing and sit on home plate. Got it. Uh, there's a run off the board. So one there. Chris Gittin's missing a two-run home run by an inch and a half. The umpire lets him round the bases anyway and celebrate his first career home run. The Yes Network graphic goes up with the exit velocity and stuff. The umpires go look at it. It's clearly foul. Why did any of that happen? Who knows? But if it's a couple inches to the left, that's a two-run bomb off the pole. Uh, It was close enough that the umpires thought it was one. I'm going to go ahead and say that's also two runs that could have been on the board. Uh, Brett Gardner was on first for DJ LeMahieu rocketing a two-out rip over Gilberto Celestino's head. In the eighth, I think that would have been an easy ribby double for DJ. Uh, at some point, Clint Frazier destroyed a double play ball to Josh Donaldson. He picked it on a weird line and, and turned it. There was also a ball ripped into the gap that would have scored two. I think, I don't remember who. Oh, Geo ripped it with two outs. Nick Gordon, for some reason, is deep in right center, makes the easy catch. That was a brilliant shift. Also, I would say that conservatively the Yankees left six runs on the board through like twin spectacular defense and J-Hap sitting on the base that you're supposed to touch in order to score. You knew Chapman was going to be weird because this wasn't your typical five, three game. This was a game where every inning, the twins had people on base trying to break down the door. Every inning, the Yanks had a couple of runs. They could have played it that were stolen via some sort of weirdness. Uh, You know, it was typical J-Hap start. He wasn't very good. He also got out of first and second, one out with Stanton and Urshela up in his last inning. Rocco Baldelli leaves him out there for no apparent reason. Again, Stanton, who tattooed a 440-foot three-run homer off him in the first, he somehow gets both of them. Like, that's that's not runs left on the board via something spectacular, but it's just like, wait a second, why why didn't another three-run homer get hit there? Why did Jay Happ get out of that at 100 pitches in the fifth inning? And then, you know, the, you you like to say there's a stat for everything. There truly is a stat for everything. 
not only are the Twins a bad team and a disappointing team, and certainly in the Yankees' realm of being disappointing, they're a team that folds easily. They do not score at the ends of games. Aroldis Chapman doesn't allow runs at the ends of games. The Twins scored four runs in the ninth inning against Brooks Kriske on Wednesday, and that's a whole other thing. They also scored four runs in the ninth against Aroldis Chapman on Thursday. That is eight ninth inning runs in the last two games of the series. The first 60 games of the season, the Twins scored five runs in the ninth. And one of those was in the first game of this series. Because Tyler Wade (laughs) threw a ball to nowhere. So that's nine runs in this series in the ninth inning and four runs in the other 59 games. How? Amazing. Amazing. It's classic. It feels, and I guess, feels though, classic. We, yeah, it's it's worth mentioning though, too, just before we go too far, that like if you were if I were to draft out of an entire list of the twins roster and everyone involved with the Minnesota Twins, who's gonna tie the game in the ninth against Roll Shaman or walk it off? Obviously, it's Josh Donaldson. Of course, it's Josh Donaldson because we can't get through an entire three-game series without the guy who punked us prior to the series getting the last word. Jose Altuve on his birthday against Chad Green and Josh Donaldson with no outs and one on in the ninth on Thursday night. It's never happened before. Mike Brasso (laughs) in the playoffs last year, Austin Meadows, and basically the entire Rays roster this year. If somebody goes after the Yankees and then the Yankees make a statement by retiring that person, that person's going to get the last laugh by the end of the series. It's a known fact that's in the fucking encyclopedia of things that happen. And of course, Donaldson's up with a chance to tie the game. And of course, Aroldis Chapman's throwing 91. And what happened to his splitter, by the way? I'd like to see that come back. You knew Chapman didn't have it by the first pitch. Pitch number one. It was like a slider. It was 83 miles an hour. It was nowhere close to the plate. And you're like, why is he starting with a slider? Pitch two, also a slider, also not even close. Why is he starting with two sliders? <laughs> he's either going to walk the bases loaded and save this game anyway, or he's going to get his ass kicked. Luckily, it was over quickly because I could not watch a 10th inning of this. And I could also not have watched another 20 minutes of this ninth where he goes 3-2, strikes out the next guy, walks Nelson Cruz, walks the dude after Cruz. And then you've got, I, I don't even know who's, uh, oh, Miguel Sano, like 3-2 pitch, fouls off a couple, hits a slider out into left field porch or whatever. Thank God it was gone on nine pitches because I could have used I'm, I could have used the worst blown save ever last night instead of the most drawn out blown save ever. Uh, you know when Chapman doesn't have it. He, uh, I'm, am I going to be controversial? He has not looked the same since the game he came in in Tampa where he had a quote-unquote fingernail issue. Yeah. Um, he's been good. I mean, he's mostly been getting the job done, but he was untouchable prior to that. And since then, he's been quite touchable. Um, he's looked like a role as Chapman from previous seasons. He doesn't look bad, but you know, he's looked like a guy who on some nights comes in and looks like yesterday. Um, not excited for him to go to Fenway park. Just, just saying that out loud. Yeah. It's, it's obvious when, when his control is off, you know, and like you said, you know, in the first couple pitches and when his velocity is not, when his velocity is not, when he has to kind of build it up in that inning, it's going from 95 to 98. Like it's just bad. You, he can't that because then he's, he's just an average reliever at that point, unfortunately, especially if he's not throwing a splitter, don't really know what's going on there. I agree with that, but looking at the standings, like, you know what? We're still only six games back 33 and 30, not entirely worried. The Red Sox are 20 and 10 on the fucking road. The Rays are 23 and 10 on the fucking road. Yeah, Rays are even better. That's going to normalize. I mean, it's got to normalize. I mean, we've been saying this all season. The Yankee, this can't keep happening. It keeps happening. But like that, 
43 and 20 combined on the road for the two teams ahead of us. And the Red Sox are five games up and the Rays are six games up. Like something's going to happen at some point. They're both barely over 500 at home. The Rays are like 16 and 14 at home. 16 and 14 and 18 and 15. Yeah, it's like it's 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 very bizarre. So you got to look at these other these other trends, I guess. It, it's simply not going to continue, especially as parks go to more full capacity and you're at you're at you're at different stadiums for weekend series. It's not going to be as easy as I guess it may have been last year and to the start of this year. So a couple of things to look forward to 33 and 30 for the Yanks. I mean, with how bad they've been playing, honestly, I'm going to take it. I can't can't really complain. I'll take it, too. I just, you know, I mean, once again, blown saves happen. If you don't think blown saves happen, you know, this isn't the sport for you. They haven't really happened this season. This is the first time the Yankees have lost a game they were leading in after eight, you know, June, June 11th. That's that's not a bad date for the first one of those to happen. But it just feels worse because they shouldn't have. That shouldn't have been an oldest Chapman game. They should have been up by six. Yep. Um, the Justin Wilson thing happened in extra inning. So that is the second blown save in the last two weeks hurts a little more. And then, you know, they blew two, not two run leads, the Red Sox on the sixth and seventh, not a blown save in the blown save column for oldest Chapman, but still doesn't feel good. And they were like an inch away from 34 and 29, whatever. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Garrett Cole is the face of a controversy. <laughs> it's rocking major league baseball. Stick around. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So yeah, Garrett Cole is the only person who uses spider tack and sticky <laughs> stuff to, to manipulate the baseball. It's unfortunately, he's the only one in Major League Baseball who does that. Um, glad the commissioner has launched an investigation into Garrett Cole. We got to clean up the game, so we got to get this guy out of here. It's Once again, it is literally one guy, and he's doing it. No, um, it's like 85% of pitchers in Major League Baseball. It's very annoying, and I, I do think, you know, if if it is cheating, here's my position. If it's cheating and enough hitters are like, this is cheating, uh, then great. You should you should find a way to regulate your sport, which is off the rails, Rob Manfred, because, by the way, um, it, it's at a point now where it's like regulation is going to be very difficult because it is used by almost all people. Uh, there's a reason a lot of hitters aren't coming out saying that they have a huge problem with it. It's because there's dudes in their locker room being like, dude, don't say you have a huge problem with it. I fucking do it. And it's great. I love doing it. Um, but for whatever reason, Garrett Cole has become the face of this uh, because a, he had a text message to an angels clubhouse employee where he was making it, for some reason in the investigative report in, in the LA times, I believe they used Garrett Cole's text message evidence to the angels clubby as like the headline grabber. He said, I'm, I'm in a sticky situation. Can I get some of that stuff or whatever? So that's, I guess, how you become the, the voice behind this, even though Trevor Bauer for like three years was like, I know how to artificially change my spin rate. I know how to do it, but I have morals, so I won't. I'll never do it. The Astros do it, and I don't. I have morals. Oh, what's that? I'm one year away from a big payday in my contract year. Okay, now I don't have morals anymore, and I am going to do it, actually. So for my money, Trevor Bauer should be the face of this if it's going to have a face, but also it shouldn't really have a face because it's all people. Josh Donaldson singles out Garrett Cole for it, there is, you know, we always say that the punker gets us, and Donaldson did get the last word in this series against Aroldis Chapman, whose spin rates were also down in Thursday's game, by the way. Although spin rates, it should be said, spin rates also decrease when you just suck. When you're bad, spin rates decrease. So Aroldis Chapman just sucked. Um, something was wrong with him. He couldn't get a grip. He didn't feel right. Whatever. When you're pitching worse, your spin rate goes down. So that's not really an indicator that he had 
you know, attack previously and didn't in this outing. It's just an indicator he wasn't good. I digress. Uh, we talk about how we always get punked by the opposition who raises these points. Donaldson calls out Cole specifically. Cole is forced to address it in a press conference before the series. He does not do a good job. I don't know how Garrett Cole, of all people, did not have a prepared answer for the question of, do you use this substance? It was two and a half minutes of like, well, traditions have been passed down from generation to generation. It was like a best man speech from the worst speaker you know. Like, dictionary defines spider tack as a substance that reacts to fingers. Like, it couldn't have been worse. Um, so, I mean, and it couldn't have been worse because obviously he uses it. So, great. He uses something. Everyone uses something, of course. Prime opportunity in his start in this series for him to suck. For the world to be like, haha, Garrett Cole, not worth the money. Uh, without the substance, you are nothing. You're Pirates Garrett Cole, which, like, that guy was also pretty good. He started a, a wild card game. He was like an ace of a playoff team. But a prime opportunity for the world to laugh in the same way that Ben Verlander is laughing at our oldest Chapman for failing for the first time all year in mid-June. Um, huh. But Garrett Cole's awesome. Uh, strikes out Donaldson a couple times, makes him look very stupid, throws his highest average velocity of the year, reserves all of his hardest fastballs for Donaldson, gets through six innings of a blowout win, gives up two solo homers. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to be just fine. Yeah, totally. Uh, and uh, on the uh, on the broadcast, I think, while Cole was pitching, Cole, by the way, uh, uh, pitched against Donaldson. Donaldson went 0 for 3 with uh, two strikeouts, and now he's 0 for 9 with five strikeouts in his career against Garrett Cole. Yeah, no so, hits. Yeah, Is hilarious. No hits good? Yeah, managed to get managed to get the last laugh against the oldest Chapman who couldn't throw fastballs, but eh, good for you, dude. Team's 24 and 37. Uh, hmm, you're going to get traded, bro. Yeah. David Cohn was talking about, uh, you know, RPMs on the fastball. And uh, I think Coles was down like 75 uh, on average. After, yeah, it was like 120 in his last yeah, that start. Was like the, it was yeah. like 70 something in this start. Yeah. So and David Cohn was talking about how that's not really a discernible difference. It's that's not it's not that uh, it's like you're not that the 75 is not giving you a super competitive advantage. Uh, no, I recommend and, looking at his pitch plots from 2019, the like mm -hmm. the full season and this year it fluctuates all the time. Yeah. Like e even in 2019, it was up and down 100 at like all mm -hmm. year. It's like a roller coaster. It, it's not abnormal at all for that to happen. Yeah. And look, Donaldson's comments weren't exactly inflammatory. If you watch the entire thing, he's not exactly like. He's not exactly making it a thing, but you name drop somebody, you're inherently making it a thing. He didn't have a tone in his voice that was like, oh, this guy's doing this. Of course. No, he was talking about, oh, Garakol's spin rate went down after a bunch of minor leaguers got spended. Is that a coincidence? I'm not sure. It seems odd. Uh, yeah, I guess, dude, it might seem odd because you, we've been talking about for weeks now how MLB is trying to crack down on this. Sports Illustrated drop that new uh, drop that story about the spin rate increase and the Dodgers were atop the list seven uh, with a 7% uh, RPM increase year over year. And the next closest team was 4% and yeah, Trevor Bauer. Hell. Yeah. And we look at Trevor Bauer, whose last start came on Sunday um, against the Atlanta Braves. He had his worst start of the year. He gave up the most hits he's given up in, in, in a, in a single outing, I think was seven. He tied his season high for walks um with with four three or four i believe and his fastball rpm were had been down 233 since mlb 
started the crack the the alleged crackdown on the uh the foreign substance thing so yeah like you said if there's a face it's it's probably trevor bauer um but also if there is more of a faceless character here it's the houston astros once again at the forefront of fucking cheating they stole signs we don't know if they had buzzers they probably did and then you look at their 2019 staff which did have cole on it yes but cole verlander fucking lance mccullers like those got like those guys, Charlie Morton, Charlie Morton, like again, they're cheating from they're cheating from an offensive standpoint. And I guess for pitching, you could call it a defensive standpoint. So that's another narrative that kind of gets lost in the shuffle because we're so fixated on everybody hates Jose Al- Altuve. He's an asshole. Carlos Correa. He's an outspoken jerk off. Uh, it, it, the list goes on and on. Nobody likes Alex Bregman. He's just a smug, smug guy that you don't really like to look at. But the, the ask something is we talked about before rotten in the Astros organization. They thought, and they ended up losing, thank God in 2019. So I guess karma does exist to an extent, but lifesavers. Yeah. They end up. Yeah. Thank you. Nationals. They, My favorite modern team, the 2019 nationals. That was yeah. so satisfying and will be forever, forever. That's like, that's like the North winning the civil war. Like that's history. <laughs> it's over. We did it. Yeah. Well, once again, like, the, the Astros should be at the forefront of this discussion for not 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 singling out players. Once again, we shouldn't be singling out any player because we've talked about in the past how hitter, how pitchers do use substances, whether it's sunscreen and rosin or I don't even I don't even pine tar. It doesn't matter. Players in general prefer that sub some substance is used because it helps with control. So. There's a difference, obviously, when you're using a substance that helps you control the ball so you're not decapitating somebody with a fastball. And then there's a difference between using a substance that is giving you a competitive advantage uh, comparable to a performance-enhancing drug. Uh, Yes, it's different than injecting a needle into your butt and becoming Macho Man Randy Savage, but when you're a pitcher and you're giving yourself the the clear, there's a clear advantage to RPMs on the fastball. It's been unhittable. You've seen the studies about how pitchers are throwing harder than ever and hitters are striking out more than ever. It's yes. uh, Hitting did not get worse over time, guys. Hitting has actually gotten a lot better over time. So something is afoot here. But once again, we shouldn't be singling people out there. It's it's a it's a systemic issue, I suppose, in baseball at this point. And once again, the Houston Astros have done something that likely gave way to a greater and grander problem. And that's not getting enough. That's not getting enough headlines. Instead, we're singling out Trevor Bauer, who, yes, called out the Astros and then willingly improved his RPM year over year. And you look at his stats. He never had a he, he had one season with a uh, ERA below four point one eight out of eight seasons. And then he has an 11. He has an 11 start stint and then earns himself a fucking record contract. So uh, Garrett Cole, yes, uh, became one of the he, he became Garrett Cole in in 2019, pretty much or twenty. When did they trade from before 2019 or did they, they didn't know 2018? They had right? him in 2018 too. Didn't the Red Sox beat him in 2018? Did they? I don't know. Either way, he didn't become Garrett Cole until he, he didn't truly become Garrett Cole until he was in Houston. So are we going to sit here and draw conclusions that Houston's uh, unsavory practices help Garrett Cole elevate himself? Uh, not entirely, but something could potentially be afoot there. And it's it's more of a it's more of a grander issue than it is just say, oh, this dude's RPMs decrease. Now what? Now what are we going to do? Let's talk about him. No, let's talk about the entire thing being an issue. And once again, 
MLB not really taking responsibility for it and then deciding to crack down when it's become too big to control because that's what's happening. MLB deciding to crack down when it's too big to control. MLB deciding to crack down four years after the Houston Astros benefit from it. Again, like all the Astros players get immunity for tattling on their teammates uh, on 2017. Great. Okay, fine. But we're going to let the Astros carve through the 2017 postseason doing this. We're going to let the Astros rejuvenate the careers of Verlander. Yes, Cole, Morton, McCullers, all these guys. We're going to let everybody bounce back and get their record contracts. And after Bauer and Cole have cashed in, then Major League Baseball is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, now this is an issue. For a league that, like, theoretically... Pete Alonzo, the conspiracy theory of the century that the league depresses the ball when there's more hitters entering free agency and, you know, changes the ball for the better to benefit hitters when there's more pitchers entering free agency. I would buy anything right now because I know how Major League Baseball operates and it's not in the best interest of the fans or, or the players. They reward illicit competitive advantages until they decide they don't want to anymore. And then they suddenly decide they have to crack down on something that nobody asked for in the middle of the season. And you have a CBA negotiation coming up, too. It's no coincidence that Garrett Cole, who is one of the leaders of the Players Association and is going to be in all these meetings, is suddenly the face of cheating in baseball when, in reality, it is the entire league doing these things. Um, But, yeah, we needed to paint somebody as a villain just a couple of months before we enter these locked negotiating rooms to scream at each other. Of course, Major League Baseball starts the, the wagon wheel rolling down the hill and now Cole, every time he tries to speak in these meetings, I, I have to hear from a guy who artificially increases his spin rate. Like Major League Baseball doesn't, you know, doesn't stamp out these problems when they're a little match in the woods and when they're burning down their vacation cabin. Suddenly it's like, oh, we got to do something about this. Yeah, you do, I guess, if you want to. But, you know, asterisk the Astros World Series if you care so much about this. Yeah, it's it's once again neglect. Um, and it's embarrassing because we shouldn't, this is not what we should be talking about. We should be talking about baseball being fun. Uh, we should probably be talking about the Yankees sucking more cause that's fun to talk about sometimes. Uh, but we should not be talking about spin rate. We should not be talking about funky substances that are giving people an advantage and it's baseball's fault. And I'm, I don't want, it's annoying to talk about because cheating goes on everywhere. You know, we took, we could talk about the Patriots all we want. They try to gain a competitive edge every single year. Yes, you get caught. Great. Now you're punished for it. MLB. Barely. barely. <laughs> Everyone's still there. The coach goes, ah, yeah. Whoops. Yeah, I mean, They're still there. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Nobody really gets like punished that hard. But, you know, the NFL addressed it. The Patriots kind of got dragged for like the flake gate, even though that was kind of BS. But whatever. Yeah, At was. least they address it. Now, MLB, instead of like publicly addressing this, they're using the media as mouthpiece and as their mouthpiece in some capacity to just spread bullshit. And then people are popping out of the woodwork, talking, cr- talking crap about somebody else or making this person highlighted about the story one week and then this person another week. And then it's just stuff we shouldn't be talking about. We should be talking about baseball. We should talk about standings. We should be talking about trade deadline. Not this. This is not what we should be talking about. No, we should be talking about how Michael King didn't complete the fourth inning yesterday. That's what we should be talking about. <laughs> Anytime you start a post-game analysis with, it would have been nice if the starter could have gotten through the fourth. You know you know that perhaps the blown save was not the biggest issue on the field. That's it for this edition of the Yank Scale Yard podcast, a rather inflammatory podcast, but that's what we got for you. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. 
if you got one weekend two game set coming up in Philadelphia it would have been real nice to go in there with a sweep and then all you got to do is split that thing but I guess I'm gonna have to root for the Yankees to win both games uh but I'm also not gonna watch because I don't want them to ruin my weekend you know what conclusion I came to yesterday since the uh White Sox the end of the White Sox series last game of the White Sox series Aaron Judge walk off walk I attended that game my first time at Yankee Stadium since the 2019 playoffs Yankees win that game since then I have watched the Yankees with my eyes win one baseball game. One, one. It's been three weeks, Sunday to Friday, uh, two weeks and five days. One. They've won six, I think. I've seen one. That is brutal. And so I'll be doing you all a favor and I will not be watching this weekend. Thomas Carinante, where can they find you? I'm at Tommy's underscore takes, folks. We got Tyone versus Vince Velasquez on Saturday, and then we got Domingo Herman versus Aaron Nola on Sunday. Phillies, uh, weird team, just a freaking weird team. Two straight walk-off wins over the Braves because the better Braves, than the Twins. Yeah, better, definitely better than the Twins. Old friend Joe Girardi could be fun. Uh, I don't really care. I, I, I just want, I just want something. I want. No, something I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a limb and predict uh, five and a third innings, three earned runs from Tyone. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, every that's single normal. start. Every His ERA time. will never move. No, it will never move. It's going to chill at five point one zero. But yeah, I mean it's lined up for us to potentially do some damage. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, if if there's any silver lining, it's that the Phillies they've had very they've had a lot of trouble on offense, and uh, they got a, they got some injuries that that are uh, that are holding them back a little bit. They got Ronald Torres starting at shortstop, so hopefully th- th- there can be there can be some sort of advantage taken there. Anyway, you guys, you could find us on YanksGoYard.com. You could talk to us on the YanksGoYard Twitter account at YanksGoYardFS. Uh, enjoy your Friday off, Pizza Friday. Make a special pie. Sit back, relax. You don't have the Yankees to stress you out this week. Saturday and Sunday will be the two games, and then we'll be back to talk to you on on Monday. Have a good weekend, everyone. Enjoy your Friday off. What an incredibly whack little bit of timing, but eh, kick your feet up. See ya. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code radio and underdog will double your first deposit. When you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash deposit, $100, get $100 free. That's promo code radio terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences. You'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.